What is up, my Gungans? This is Derek. And this is Harry. And we're the Best Guard Brothers. Today we're going to be talking about a few different things, including... Star Wars Episode Two: Attack the Clones. Yes. And holy cow, I didn't think that this was going to be one of my favorites, but I may need to readjust my uh, my list again. So. Dude, man, <clears throat> I think we both need to like get a comparison for what we yeah. did in the past to now, actually. Yeah, because holy cow, this is... Yeah, anyway, we'll get to that in a second. But we're also going to be talking about Star Wars Visions. Yes. And that just came out today um, when we were recording. Sorry, this is Wednesday. Um, but this is going to be our Friday episode. So, yep. Um, yeah, anyway, let's get to it. Yeah. You're listening to the Best Car Brothers Podcast, your home for Star Wars news and more. Okay, so we're going to start by doing that quiz that we did last week. Yeah, I'm excited for, for this one. Facts. Let's do so, it, brother. I'm pretty excited about this. I'm going to go first. So, yep. Harry, quiz me. All righty. So, Derek, what sort of business did Uncle Owen run? Was it a droid repair shop, cantina, <laughs> moisture farm, or a speeder repair shop? It's a moisture farm. Yes, yes. Hold on. Okay, sweet. You did get it correct. Um, moisture farming was a very vital activity on Tatooine. So. Yeah, because there's no moisture anywhere else. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All righty. So, next question, Derek. Which character said, Why, you slimy, double-crossing, no-good swindler? Was it Leia, Luke, Han, or Lando? It was Sir Lando Calrissian. You got it. Indeed. When they get to Cloud City. Yep, that's when they get to Cloud City. Absolutely. Alrighty, next one is, in Rogue One, what is the Empire removing from the holy city of Jeddah? Was it Tabana, gas, force-sensitive citizens, kyber crystals, or Jedi texts? Kyber crystals. Yes, indeed. At least I'm pretty sure it is. Yep, you got it, man. Good work. Um... Yeah, that's right. The Empire removed kyber, uh, kyber crystals from the holy city to power the Death Star. That is true. Yep. I actually didn't know that until Rogue One. That's, I don't know if there was no. I knew they else. were using kyber crystals, just not from Jeddah. I think oh, okay. Jeddah was introduced in Rogue One. Yeah, figured. All right, next question, Derek, is in, um, in the Empire Strikes Back, which all-terrain walker does the Empire use to capture the Rebel base? Was it ATST? A-T-T-E, A-T-H-S, or A-T-A-T? It's A-T-A-T. Yes, sir, it is. Correct. Or the at-at, as some people say incorrectly. Mm-hmm. All-terrain armored transport walker. All right. They used elephants. Yep. They used the, the movement of elephants to, yeah. to, uh, to um, what's the word? Animate those. Animate them. Yeah. I think we mentioned that when we were talking about our podcast for Empire Strikes Back, so... I do remember you saying that. Anyway, next question, Derek. How many people does Darth Vader kill in The Empire Strikes Back? Oh, gosh. Is it one, two, three, or four? Okay, so um, I know for sure, because I'm actually going to talk about this later in the episode. Okay. Um, He chokes the guy um, from across the screen. Um, He kills that guy, and then he that's when he... um, he promotes what's his promotes bucket? Admiral Piet. Yep, Piet. Uh, um, 
what admiral yeah, yeah okay yeah um so there's one and then he let's see what else then he goes down to hoth doesn't kill anybody there and then the next time we see him is in um bespin yep and he doesn't kill anybody there I'm going to say one. Let's see, dude. Uh, oh, dang. Shoot, because I'm trying to think of who the other one is, too. Uh, like, if there's another one. Obviously, there is. Yeah. Um, How many people are there? What's your next guess, I guess, bro? Uh, two. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Admiral Zelda. Captain Nita. Oh, because he loses the Millennium Falcon. Okay. Oh, uh, he killed Captain Nita. Yes. Okay. I do remember that now. Yeah. Okay. Well, Admiral Zell and Captain Nita are the two that Darth Vader that. killed in Empire Striking Back. Yeah, because Captain Nita was like, um, he came, he's like, I will apologize to Lord Vader. And then he's like, apology he accepted. Did. Captain Nita. Captain Nita. Yep. But yeah, and then, that's, that's sad. Yep. All righty. How old is Yoda when he finally succumbs to the Force? Is he 900 years old? 700, 300, or 500. When 900 years old you are, look this good you will not, or think <laughs> is what he said. So it's 900. You got it. When 900 years old you reach, look th- look as good you will not, is what he said. And then... <laughs> 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 All right. Nice work, Derek. Okay. Who did not attend the 1977 premiere? Of Star Wars: A New Hope, was it George Lucas, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, or Carrie Fisher? I want to say it was Carrie Fisher because she was really young. Nope. Oh, I know it is. Really? I think I. Well, do. George Lucas has to have been there. I feel mm-hmm. like Mark Hamill definitely was there. So let's try Harrison Ford. Nope. Then it's got to be Mark Hamill. Nope, it was George Lucas. George Lucas didn't go to the premiere of his own movie. No, uh, I remember. I remember reading about this. It was probably well over. It was well over a year ago. So George Lucas was so sure this movie would flop when he made it, you know. And so instead of attending the premiere, he went to Hawaii on vacation with Steven Spielberg, and that's where they came up with the idea of Indiana Jones. Holy cow! Yeah. So isn't that weird though? Yeah. Yeah, because I remember as well, like. Watching this YouTube video about the creation of Star Wars, and it showed Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, and um, Mark Hamill at the premiere. The big three. Yep. Uh, crazy, isn't it? Goodness. So, uh, anyway. So, yeah, fun little fact for y'all. Yeah. All righty. What is Count Dooku's Sith name? Is it Darth Maul? Uh, I'm going to annihilate this. Darth Tyr- Tyrannus? Yep. Yep, I figured. I can't Tyrannus, read it. Tyrannus. Yeah, yeah, Darth Sidious or Darth Nihilus. Nihilus. Oh, Nihilus. Oh. Um, it's not Nihilus. Yeah. It's uh, Tyrannus. Okay. That's right. Okay. I, I should remember that from... Because Dark in Clone. this... Yeah, in this movie, um, J- Jango Fett says, oh, I was hired by a man called Tyrannus. That's right. Yep. Yep. Okay. And the last one... Nahilus, who's that? Do you know? I think it's a uh, <clears throat> Knights of the Old Republic. Okay, I was like, that one doesn't sound familiar to me. Yeah, so that would have been my guess too. Anyways, Tyrannus. Okay, two more questions, Derek. Who plays Chewbacca in the original Star Wars trilogy? Peter Mayhew, K. 
Kenny Baker, Anthony Daniels, or David Prowse? Well, David Prowse was um, Darth Vader under the suit. Yep. Uh, Kenny Baker was um, R2-D2. Yep. Anthony Daniels was C-3PO. And still is. And Peter Mayhew was Chewbacca. You got it, man. That was... So he got... Apparently, Peter Mayhew got his first acting job in 1976. uh, When the producers of Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger discovered him from a photograph and a newspaper article (laughs) about men with large feet and cast him. That's the role of the Minotaur. Yep. And then... Goodness. The next movie after that was... The old Star Wars. Yeah. Hope. All right. Last question here, Derek. Yeah, this is a deaf one. I'm glad I'm not asking this one because I still haven't seen the holiday special. But which Golden Girl played the role of Akmina, the night shift bartender in the Star Wars holiday special? Was it Rue McClellan or McLannan? Oh my gosh. Estelle Getty, Betty White, or Bay Arthur? He has a look on his face like, I don't know. To be honest, the only golden girl I know is Betty White. Do you want to go for that then? Sure. Oh, nope. Okay, I'm just going to go with B. Arthur. There it is. Okay. So, yeah, during the filming of that special, she had no idea she was participating in anything related to Star Wars. Well, I mean... <laughs> that makes sense, I guess. You watch the Hollywood the holiday special and you'll understand... Oh, my gosh. All righty. Okay, Derek. Okay, Quiz so, me, my dude. Harry. Yes. Which bounty hunter in The Empire Strikes Back is wearing an old costume from a Doctor Who episode? From a Doctor Who episode? Yeah. Is it Bosk, Boba Fett, IG-88, or Dengar? That, I don't know. I'm going to go with Boba. I'll just go with Boba Fett. You sure? Yeah, I mean, like, I okay. I know so, I lived in England for like two years, and yeah. I should know a bit more about Doctor Who, but I don't know okay. much about I'm Doctor gonna, Who. I'm going to give you a hint. Okay. Boba sorry. Fett's costume was made specifically for Boba Fett. Okay, fair enough. IG-88 is a droid. Uh, yeah, I know that. So I'm my gold. So you've got a 50-50 chance yeah. between Bosk and Denny. Yeah, so my next guess would have been Bosk anyway. Bosk? Yeah, let's see if it's Bosk. Okay. So yeah, so um, the suit was a space suit. That they just put lizard arms and a lizard head on and lizard feet and called it good. Oh, okay. Interesting. Kind of weird. Yeah. I actually didn't know that anything was related to Doctor Who and Star Wars. So there, it's also, thing. I think the costume is also on somebody else in A New Hope, in the cantina. Okay. So, yeah. It's pretty cool. Interesting. Um, but, yeah. Next question. What kind of trooper is introduced in the beginning of Rogue One? Oh, frick. Is it... Ooh. Be careful because it says it's the uh, beginning. So there are many troopers introduced in Rogue One. Yeah. Is it the Shadow Trooper, the Death Trooper, the Shock Trooper, or the Scout Trooper? I want to say it's the Shock Trooper, but in the very beginning. So the dro- the the troopers in the beginning of the movie. Uh huh. The very beginning is when um. I haven't seen Rogue One for a good while. Is when there. they go to his, the farm where he was working. Mm-hmm. And he's like, um, uh, what is it? They're the big black tall troopers. Okay. They're like, <laughs> those. That's very, okay. I might have to go with the death trooper then. The death trooper. Yeah. Because, I mean, 
Well, yeah, make, at least for me, that's how I signify death is yeah. color black anyway. So I've read <laughs> those in the very, very, very beginning. Of yeah, the very, very beginning. Okay. In The Return of the Jedi, Jabba refers to Han as his favorite what? <laughs> Knickknack, <laughs> scoundrel, decoration, or prisoner? Oh, Herc, I, I hate to say it. I, I like, because it, it was definitely between scoundrel and, de- and decoration, but since he is... Um, frozen carbonite hanging more, on the wall. He's more of a decoration than a yeah. scoundrel right now. So, yeah. Yep. He is his favorite decoration. Oh, man. And he didn't want to part with him. Nope. Okay. Oh, I accidentally already answered this one for you. Yep. That's okay, though. <laughs> the animators who brought the ATAT Imperial Walkers to life in episode five, The Empire Strikes Back, based the movements on what kind of animal? Well, a an stork, ele- a camel, oh. or an elephant or a giraffe? That's an elephant. And I knew that before anyway, so. <laughs> okay, next question. What is the first Star Wars film in which Yoda is completely computer generated? This is a tough one. Yeah. Because if you watch him now, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that. I know. Is it The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, or Empire Strikes Back? It's not Empire Strikes Back. I know that. Nope. Yeah, and obviously it's not. I mean, Return of the Jedi is not even an option. So. Right. Because um, it's between Attack of the Clones and uh, I want to see Revenge of the Sith. So I'm going to have to go with Attack of the Clones. Because um, I know that in the... Oh, sweet. Okay, awesome. Because yep. I know that he wasn't fully generated in Phantom Menace. Yeah. And so, but yeah. So first Star Wars film, which Yoda is entirely computer generated. So Frank Oz was only required on the set to help the actors by providing the voice of Yoda. Yeah, so he was just a voice actor at that point. Mm-hmm. That's cool that they... But yeah, in Phantom Menace, um, they have since gone back and added him in as a computer-generated yeah. thing. Because um, the uh, the original Yoda puppet that they used in Phantom Menace was a little menacing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. That was good. Okay. Um, of whom did Jabba the Hutt say, this bounty hunter is my kind of scum, fearless and inventive? Was it Asajj Ventress, Boba Fett, Han Solo, or Princess Leia? <laughs> so it's funny because, like, <clears throat> it's not Boba Fett. Right. Um, and, you know, like, fearless and, and inventive. Uh, all I remember is, actually, the only person he calls fearless is Princess Leia. Yeah, so um, when he when Princess Leia came dressed up as a um, a bounty as hunter, as a bounty hunter, yep. So, so yeah, I do remember that, and I was like, ha ha. But honestly, like it's so funny because if you you know fearless and inventive out of the four of them, it's weird because in my opinion, especially Boba Fett and Leia, Alan Han, I guess, are very fearless people. But but yeah, the reason why. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Princess Leia was fearless and inventive is because she had the thermal detonator. Yep. And was going to blow the whole place up yep. if she didn't get her she, her bonus yeah, for catching for Chewbacca. Catching Chewbacca. Yep. But yeah. Okay, this is uh this is an interesting question, this next one. Uh-huh. Um, because it actually has changed since um from what I'm understanding. Um, but what is the name of Boba Fett's ship? Okay. Is it Tantive Four, Slave One? The Ebon Hawk or the Ravager? I know it's not Tantive Four. I can't remember who what, whose ship that is. That's Princess Leia's ship okay. that was attacked in um, Episode Four. In Episode Four, okay. Uh, the Ravager. I 
Nah, man, that, that sounds familiar too, but I know it's not that either. That just sounds like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that's probably what it's from. Because yeah. I was like, that doesn't sound like Star Wars. I'm going to go with Slave 1. Slave 1. Yeah, because it got renamed, though. It was yeah. modified to Fire Spray 31. Yeah, class. so so the Slave 1 is a modified Fire Spray 31 class patrol ship um, that was modified mm-hmm. to you know do whatever i don't know yeah anyway yeah. so um slave one now is called fire spray i believe mm-hmm. um but yeah uh next question is pretty easy if you don't get it i'm gonna i'm gonna be disappointed in you harry but what did fans of the mandalorian call the name call or sorry what did fans of the mandalorian name the child mm-hmm. was it baby yoda baby mando baby jabba or baby Ula. Ooh. <laughs> Obviously Baby Yoda, but um it's funny because like I I remember talking about when Mandalorian came out, I remember talking with um like my coworkers and other people at church, you can attest to this too. Everyone thought it was Yoda. Like most most people thought it was Yoda. But yeah. real Star Wars fans knew that it definitely was not Yoda. Cause when does it take place? Five years after. Uh, Yoda dies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so uh, the child is known as Grogu uh, from the Mandalorian, of course. Yeah. But um, people still like, I mean, even to this day, I'll refer to him as Baby Yoda just because. It's colloquial. Uh, yeah, exactly. But I mean, I will call him Grogu um, regardless still too. But yep. Um, just so I think honestly, Grogu kind of definitely um, brought a little bit of um. Ch- like children liking Star Wars, you know, during that time a bit more too. Cause I know that my youngest sister, I think was pretty attracted to Mandalorian because not just because of baby Yoda, but that definitely helped. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. Cause I think out of, like I said, out of everyone in my family, I've got, so I've got like, if you count my parents, myself, there's nine of us. And my youngest sister is the third biggest Star Wars fan out of everyone in the family. Me followed by my brother and then her. Yeah. So, and Yeah. Anyway, anyway, off topic there. Baby hey, Yoda is, is Grogu. Awesome. Okay, um, <laughs> next question. What does Han say when Leia first tells him that she loves him? Is it, yeah, I figured, or it's about time, or I love you too, or I know. I love you. I know. Yep. Classic line. <clears throat> he was originally supposed to say I love you too. Yep. But then said, I know, yep, because he thought it was going to be more Han Solo than that. Oh, yeah. that's In my opinion, that is the second most iconic line in that movie, right behind I Am Your Father. Right. But Okay, last question. In The Force Awakens, what abandoned vehicle does Rey live in? Is it a medical frigate, an escape pod, an AT-AT, or a sand crawler? Oh, frick. It would be indeed the AT-AT. Yep. Yeah, I, I knew it wasn't an escape pod or a medical, for, um, whatever you call it. Forget. Forget, yeah. I knew it wasn't those two. Um, Sandcrawler just didn't sound right either, so I, yeah. that's why I went for the ATAT. Yep. But I, I haven't seen Force Wiggins for, it's been a couple of years. Sorry, fans, I haven't watched Star Wars, you know, Star Wars movie in so long. We got four more weeks, right? Yep, exactly. Until we watch that, so. Um, yeah, yeah, we actually do. Yeah, because uh, this week is Attack of the Clones. And then Revenge of the Sith in two weeks. Two weeks, and then, and then four weeks is... Force Awakens. Force Awakens. Which, fans, I am 
continually excited to continue to watch these movies. Holy cow. Yeah. What we've got to talk about for Attack of the Clones is, is it's going to be awesome. Um, as I was saying before, um, I don't know, maybe I said it in the podcast or if I was just talking to you, Derek, but yeah. rewatching these movies has helped me to appreciate some of these movies even more. And I'll just say this right now about Attack of the Clones. Um, it was better than I thought. So that's, I agree. So that's what I've got to say so far. I'll, we'll obviously share more about it once yeah. we get closer to talking about it. But that was actually the last question for me to answer. So, um, so yeah, that was your, I guess, your, your trivia quick facts for today. Yeah, let us know if you got them all right or if you didn't. So let's see if you guys know Star Wars better than we do. Which probably there are some of you that definitely do and some of you that definitely do not because there is no try. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's uh, let's get into the, the meat of the podcast. Let's well, talk about Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. You're listening to the Beskar Brothers Podcast. To be a part of the show, go to www.beskarbrothers.com to fill out a survey. Telling us what you want to hear, what you liked, and what you didn't. New entries will be featured in new episodes. So, log on to www.beskarbrothers.com today. Okay, guys, let's talk about Attack of the Clones. So, Attack of the Clones picks up 10 years after the Battle of Naboo. When the Galactic Republic is threatened by a separatist movement organized by the former master, sorry, former Jedi master, Count Dooku. Senator Padme Amidala, uh, the former queen of Naboo, now senator, comes to Coruscant to vote um, on a motion to create an army to assist the Jedi against this new threat. Narrowly avoiding an assassin assassination attempt upon her arrival she is placed under the protection of jedi master obi-wan kenobi and his apprentice anakin skywalker the pair thwart a second attempt on padme's life and subdue the assassin zam wessel who is killed by her employer a bounty hunter before she can reveal his identity the jedi council instructs obi-wan to find the bounty hunter while anakin is tasked to protect padme and escort her back to her home planet naboo where the two fall in love in spite of the Jedi code that forbids attachments. Obi-Wan's search leads him to a mysterious ocean planet called Kamino, where he discovers an army of clones uh, being produced for the Republic under the name of Sisfodius, a deceased Jedi master, with the bounty hunter Jango Fett serving as their genetic template. Obi-Wan meets with Jango, who reveals that the clones were the idea of a man called Tyrannus. Obi-Wan deduces Jango to be the bounty hunter who is he is seeking, and after a brief battle, places a homing beacon on Jango Fett's ship, Slave One, or Fire Spray. He then follows Jango and his clone son, Boba, to the planet Geonosis. Meanwhile, Anakin is troubled by visions of his mother, Shmi, in pain, and decides to return to his homeworld of Tatooine with Padme to save her. His old master, Watto, reveals that he sold Shmi to a moisture farmer named Klee Glars, who then freed her and married her. Klee tells Anakin that she was abducted by Tusken Raiders weeks earlier and was likely dead. Determined to find his mother, Anakin ventures out and finds her at the Tuscan campsite. 
She is barely still alive. After she dies in his arms, an enraged Anakin massacres the tribe. He later declares to Padme that he will find a way to prevent deaths of those he loves. Uh, Though these powers are linked to the dark side of the Force and forbidden techniques for Jedi. On Geonosis, Obi-Wan discovers a separatist gathering led by Count Dooku, who is developing a droid army with the Trade Federation Viceroy, Newt Gunray, and ordered the attempts on Padme's life. Obi-Wan transmits his findings to the Jedi Council, but is captured by separatist droids. Dooku meets with Obi-Wan in his cell and explains his role in the Confederacy of Independent Systems formation. While implying that the Sith Lord Darth Sidious is in control of a large portion of the Galactic Senate, he then invites Obi-Wan to join him and stop Sidious. When Obi-Wan refuses, Dooku claims that Obi-Wan's late master and Dooku's former apprentice, Qui-Gon Jinn, would have had he been alive. Meanwhile, Senate Representative Jar Jar Binks proposes a successful vote to grant emergency powers to the Supreme Chancellor Sheev Palpatine, allowing the clone army to be authorized. Anakin and Padme head to Geonosis to rescue Obi-Wan, but Anakin loses his lightsaber and they are captured by Jango Fett. Dooku sentences the trio to death, but they are saved by a battalion of clone troopers led by Yoda, Mace Windu, and other Jedi. Windu beheads Jango Fett during the ensuing battle. Obi-Wan and Anakin intercept Dooku and engage in a lightsaber duel with him. Dooku injures Obi-Wan and severs Anakin's right arm, but Yoda intercepts and defends them. Dooku uses the Force to distract Yoda and escapes to Coruscant, where he delivers the plans of a superweapon to Sidious, who addresses Dooku by his Sith name, Tyrannus. The council is left disturbed by Dooku's claim of Sidious controlling the Senate. As the Jedi acknowledge the beginning of a Clone Wars, Anakin is fitted with a robotic hand and marries Padme on Naboo with C-3PO and R2-D2 as the only witnesses. All right, Derek, thank you for that synopsis, man. Yep, no problem. Yeah. Once again, thank you, Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> True. Without Wikipedia, I mean, it makes it a little bit easier for us with our busy bit. schedules, but that's okay, folks. Um, anyway, let's get right into the meat of Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. So, like, oh, this movie was... You know, I don't know how to put this. I've seen this movie, I don't know how many times I've seen it, but I appreciate it more than I have in the past. Yeah. That's, you know, um, out of all the movies, like, honestly, that's probably, this is probably one I have more appreciation for than I have for other ones that I've thought about in the past. Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, I gave Attack of the Clones a pretty bad rap when I was, you know, when I was growing up. I was like, because, I don't know, especially with the whole... Padme and Anakin love story, quote unquote. Oh gosh! I was just like, please, I don't want you know. I want I want action. There is action in the movie, you yeah. know. And so, you know, 
but no, I, I have great appreciation for, um, for this movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, this is probably the first time I'm watching attack of the clones with a mind of, I need to understand this movie. Yeah. That's how I was too. Before it was just entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I'm watching it for this podcast, it's, Hey, I need to be able to explain this to people and I need to be able to, I need to understand it in a way that I can explain it to people and that I know what's going on. Yeah. And I think with those eyes and with those lenses on, I was able to pick up on things that I didn't before. Yeah. I'm with you there. I tried as well. Cause like, um, cause I'm not gonna lie. There's still like, well, I've watched this movie. I'm like, dang, there's a lot that I still need to know more about mm-hmm. attack of the clones. Like yeah. honestly. So my knowledge on this movie is still on the lower end compared to the other movie, like probably out of all the other movies out there for star Wars. Yeah. So I might rewatch it again this weekend, to be honest. It's not a bad idea. So it's a good one to rewatch. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, there's a lot of politics. Yeah. I did notice that. And there's a lot of, you kind of, there's world building in that you get to see how the Republic works. It's a great way to, to understand what Star Wars is like, you know? Yeah. It's cause it's not just, you know, action fighting. There is order, uh, both good and bad, (laughs) you know? Uh, but you definitely, like you said, you definitely get a great taste or a great take of, you know, what the order is, you know, within the realm of Star Wars. So definitely, yeah, you really get to understand the organization of like the Jedi Council and stuff like that in this movie. So definitely. Yeah. Um, so, um, let's see. Let's start talking about the assassination attempts on Padme. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a few months ago, there was a, a funny video circulating and it basically was talking about how Darth Sidious wanted Padme dead. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so he, Darth Sidious hired Count Dooku to kill Padme. Uh-huh. Yeah. So now Count Dooku wanted Padme dead. Mm-hmm. And so what did Darth, er, uh, Count Dooku do? He hired Jango Fett to go kill Padme. Yep. And then, so now Jango Fett wants Padme dead. Mm-hmm. So what did Jango Fett do? He hired um, another bounty hunter to go kill Padme. Mm-hmm. So now this other bounty hunter wants Padme dead. What did she do? She sent a droid to go, go kill, kill Padme. Padme. Now the droid wants Padme dead. So what did she do? What did the droid do? She sent two little like centipede slugs, yeah, to go kill Padme. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like this domino effect. Yeah, it's just like they wanted to Padme dead, so they hired someone. Yeah. They wanted Padme dead, so they hired someone. Yeah. They wanted Padme dead, so they hired someone. Like a dead domino effect, I guess you could say. Yeah, and it's just layered, and so it wouldn't trail back. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't know. You, you would, th- and this is this is my thought on this too, Derek. Um, you would think, I mean, I don't want anyone dead. Like I don't have any, like <laughs> that ill feelings towards anybody. Hopefully. Yeah. You know, except for maybe Satan, but, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, off, you know, beside the point, 
um, if you really wanted someone dead, wouldn't you just do it yourself, you know, kind right. of thing? And so, um, I mean, obviously, uh, Palpatine couldn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. For obvious reasons. Yep. If it was years later, he could have gone away with it. <laughs> right. But, but anyway. But, I mean, obviously, Dooku could have done it just as easily. Yeah. In my opinion, that shows a little bit of, I mean, it's weird to call it a weakness, but kind of is a weakness um, in a way. Um, well, maybe. I mean, look at it this way. Mm-hmm. Dooku was a politician. Yeah. Dooku was getting other senators in the Senate to join the separatists mm-hmm. or the, uh, the Confederacy of Independent Systems. Yeah. Uh, is what they ended up being. Um, but this whole movement was started by Dooku. And so obviously he couldn't have a dirty hands if he's trying to get people to that is very fair to come and join his side. So it makes sense that he hired Django Fett, mm-hmm. but I just think it's funny that Django Fett hired, you know, someone and blah, yeah. blah, blah, all that happened. But yeah, so the hit on Padme, it was a driving factor in this. It was kind of the, the thing that started it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason why Padme was in Coruscant in, at all was to vote against the Military Creation Act. Yep. Which would create a military to um, basically fight off Dooku and his separatist movement. Yeah. Um, which is whole, kind of funny because Padme was super against this military creation. And so what did she do? She uh, aggressively negotiated. Yeah. And I mean, the whole, like when she was talking to Anakin on Naboo, she said that something to the effect of, I believe that there's always room for a discussion. Mm -hmm. There's always a diplomatic solution. But, you know, it's it was obviously seen that, unfortunately, that's not always the case. Indeed. But, yeah, so um, after the assassination attempt, they were saying, okay, nope, you're not going to be in Coruscant. It's safer back on Naboo for you. Mm-hmm. Here, take a Jedi. Yep. <laughs> um, and, of course, Palpatine made sure that it was Anakin. Yep. Um, because of, you know, his whole plot. Yep. His whole plan for, yeah. For empire, imperial power. I guess you could say, I don't know. (laughs) Imperial unlimited power. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Padawan, Anakin Skywalker. Padawan, by the way. Padawan. Not Jedi. Um, and he is... Reminded of it plenty of times. Uh, especially in the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, oh, it was like so like punch in the face kind of thing. Oh, it was. When um, they were in Naboo in the throne room and the governor guy, or yeah, I think it was the governor. He's like, what, what, what's your opinion? What, what should we do, Master Jedi? Mm-hmm. And then Padme's like, 
Oh no, Anakin's Anakin's just a Padawan. Padawan. <laughs> He's not a master. And and like <laughs> it's like, oh, we're not boyfriend girlfriend, we're just friends. <laughs> right? Yeah. He got friend zone. That's right. Um got Jedi zone there for Jedi a second. Padawan zone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's pretty funny. Um it's kind of the first time that Anakin's MasterCard has declined. Yep. And <laughs> Um, but yeah, so pretty, pretty funny there. Um, but at the same time, like, it's kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to ask you this, Derek, about it. Yeah. How, how do you feel like, how, like, how do, how do you feel, uh, Anakin handles that, I guess, correction of noticing that he is just a Padawan, not quite a Jedi. Well, I, I think he's fairly arrogant and thinks that he knows what's best. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point in time, he knows what he's supposed to be doing as a Jedi. Yeah. And so he like, he understands Mm -hmm. and um, quickly. Well, like for instance, the conversation goes, um, you know, Anakin's just a Padawan learner. And then Anakin's like, well, excuse me, I'm, I'm head of security here. Uh And then um, Padme snaps at him and basically says, you don't know Naboo like I do. Uh-huh. Like, I know we're safe. Yeah, exactly. And Anakin's like, you're right. Mm-hmm. I apologize. Yeah. No, I'm a- So, yes, uh, kind of both sides. Yeah. Like, he's he's arrogant and he's... Humbled. He's humbled. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, because I was going to say that basically the same thing. You kind of... It, it gives you kind of a foreshadowing of, um, of Revenge of the Sith, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, for and the Clone Wars and yep. Anakin Skywalker in general. Yeah, I think that was like, I mean, because I mean, in Phantom Menace, he's still, you know, a little, you know, kid. I'm a person, and my name's Anakin. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the first time you actually see him, like you know, like you said, his mascara got declined. Right. But that's the first <laughs> time you kind of see him, kind of lose his cool a little bit, you could say. Yeah. You know, as as an adult. Yeah. Um. And no, I agree with you. He de- like his arrogance definitely showed. He thought he could do some things, and not only did Padme remind him, but also Obi Wan reminded him as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like hey, you still got a long way to go, buddy. Yeah. Um. And don't we all have a long way to go? I guess in some way. But um. No, I think that was uh, at least for me that part was key for foreshadowing for what Anakin will be like throughout not just Revenge of the Sith, but throughout the whole trilogy of Star Vader. But yeah. Anyway. Um, then of course they fall in love. I'm not sure how or why. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, the, the whole, I hate sand pickup line. Oh my gosh. <laughs> of course. And rough and gets everywhere. Holy crap. <laughs> that was definitely a George Lucas cheesy right there. In yeah. my opinion. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. I mean, oh, of course it is. I mean, it's, it's a meme, you know, it, <laughs> It ended Hayden Christensen's acting career. <laughs> it's fine, you know. <laughs> no, like, no, that's so I'm not. Funny. We're not gonna lie. It it was a bad line. Uh huh. But it wasn't it was, necessarily his fault. No, it wasn't. Uh huh. And of course, we know now that Hayden Christensen's coming back for Kenobi. Kenobi, which update on that? It finished. They finished filming. Oh, huh. Yep. Um, and uh, Ewan McGregor no longer has a beard. That's 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 gonna be weird, right? 
But anyway, like that's that's cool. Yeah. But no, that was definitely a cheesy part. But yeah, you gotta have that. I think in every Star Wars film at some point. Yeah, I mean, you gotta have the cheese, especially with with the uh, the sequel or the prequels. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. It's it's gotta have that flair. It's what makes the the prequels the prequels, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the original trilogy, you know, the it has every trilogy has its own personality. Oh yeah, and I think that that personality is the thing that is not liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, until that personality, I think I think it's the fans' personality that changes. Yeah, I and agree. that's why everybody's liking the prequels now. Mm, yeah, is because they're the the personality of the the general populace is changing mm-hmm. to kind of like the the prequels now. Yeah. Um, rather than, you know, hating the prequels. And also now that we have, you know, that we as a fan base apparently have something new to hate with the sequels, mm-hmm. the prequels are like, yeah, those are good. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Yeah, and obviously we'll talk about a little bit more about those when we watch seven, eight, nine. Right. But yeah. Anyway. Okay. Let's talk about, um, the military creation act and the, um, the planet that Obi-Wan finds himself on. Mm-hmm. Um, first off Camino. Yes. Um, um, oh, what is her name? Jocasta new. Is that, is that her name? That sounds right. Um, Madam Jocasta. Yeah. Yes, Jocasta New. I got it right. Yep. Um, so she is the librarian for the Jedi Archives. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, she tells Obi-Wan, like, look, if if the planet isn't in, if the planet isn't there in the archives, then it doesn't exist. Then it doesn't exist. Basically saying, we have all of the available knowledge ever recorded. If it's not there, it, it doesn't, doesn't exist. exist. Mm-hmm. Which I mean makes sense because that makes sense. Yeah. But um, what we find out um, later is that Dooku erased it from the archive memory, mm-hmm. and we find that out with the help of a Padawan. Yep, of a youngling. A youngling. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, so. Um, I didn't understand that actually until I rewatched it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it had been a long time since I'd seen Attack of the Clones. And so mm-hmm. I was like, ah, it makes a little bit more sense now. Yeah. So, but anyway. But yeah. So, um, it's funny because we're talking about this military creation act and how it's bad. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, poof, a <laughs> giant military is available. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, yes. Yes, let's 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 do that. Let's do that. I mean, obviously, it was because you know of the many different things that had led up to that. But um, mainly, it was the the fact that Dooku was creating a droid army that they need something to combat that with mm-hmm. because um, in the uh, in the movie, when Obi-Wan's sneaking around, um, basically 
they were planning an attack on Coruscant and they were going to hold people hostage basically until their demands were met which wouldn't have been good Mm -hmm. so obviously they made a a clone army or they used the clone army um to kind of combat that Mm -hmm. um let's talk about the politics of what happened in there so harry do you know how julius caesar created the empire of rome by chance do you remember that uh, uh it's been a long time man uh, kind nah i'm gonna have to say like it's a vague knowledge so rome was originally when when julius caesar was elected he yeah. was elected yes um and when rome uh when julius caesar was elected they you know had their um their people their presidents their version of the president yeah um serve a term yeah their rulers served a term and then um but julius caesar was like hey no like we're at war i need to have emergency powers yes uh-huh in order to do this and mm-hmm. then he just stayed until he was assassinated until he was assassinated yeah that's right and so he created a roman empire mm-hmm. into what we know as the roman empire yeah um, that sounds a whole lot like one Sheev Palpatine mm-hmm. that we know all too well as Star Wars fans. Yes. So basically, he used the same tactic. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, here, let me start a war so I can usurp power from the Senate and create an empire. And create an empire, but yeah, exactly. Um, so that's part one. Um, how he did it. And, you know, like, everybody hates on this character because he's the comic relief. Or... <laughs> and, but, like, like, I was watching this with my wife, and when we saw, there was one specific scene where Masamita says, you know, if only there were a senator brave enough that would would bring that up. To, and, yeah. And, you know. And- and Jar Jar was there, and, and he you was could, silent. Yeah, but he, but you could see in his eyes though that he wanted to do something. Yeah, he felt like he needed to do something. Um, I was watching it with my wife, and she it was like, oh, <laughs> they're so mean. <laughs> like, yeah, they're just using Jar Jar. No, they really were like, and like, oh my gosh. Yeah, after we watch, like, because I'm not gonna lie, like we mentioned in Phantom Menace two weeks ago, you know, Jar Jar gets a bad rap. Which I can kind of understand because of his tendencies and all that. And just but because he's clumsy. Yeah, he is. Uh, but and, and nothing wrong with that. Uh, but anyway, I I I did feel for him in a, in a sense that while watching it too, I was like, oh dang, yep, he he does actually want to do something about it. But anyway, um, <clears throat> what was I getting at? Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, so um, Jar Jar, you know, he he wants to do what's right. Like mm-hmm, he's got yes. a good heart. Yes, he does. And so he he does what he thinks is right, and is totally played by Palpatine, um, and gives immediate Im- immediately emergency powers to the Supreme to, Chancellor. To the Supreme Chancellor. Yep. Who then uses the his newfound authority to create. And well, to put in action, put in action. 
the clone army that has already been created. Yeah. But he tells the, the Senate that he's going to create an army or create the, the Grand Army of the Republic. Yeah, it was... It was uh, I, I, I can't remember the word for it, but basically something that was finally said that has already been done, kind of thing, right. you know. Yeah. I don't know what that word is. So, but anyway, Jar Jar did want to do the right thing, though. That's what I was wanting to get at. Jar Jar wanted to, you know, especially upon Padme's request, want to fulfill her her request there, because um, he was in charge. Yep, and he had trust in her too. Yeah. So I think that's why he wanted to do something about it. But anyway. Because basically, like, the way that Masamita said, like, oh, the way that I'm I'm guessing that Jar Jar heard it was that Masamita, Masamita was saying, oh, we we're stuck with Jar Jar. Mm-hmm. He's not going to do it. Yeah. But if Senator Amidala were here then she would. And something would be done about it. And so he basically was guilt-tripping Jar Jar into doing it. It was evil. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I I thought it was evil when I watched it. I was like, oh. Yeah. But anyway. But yeah. And then this, the switching topics and in continuing on, um, there is one thing that I kind of want to ask you, Harry. Okay. Um, and everybody, mm-hmm. why were the Jedi so dug deep into the government? Why were they in charge? Like, what are Jedi for? Jedi are peacekeepers, right? They mm-hmm. keep the peace. So that makes sense that they would have some sort of military, you know, something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in different eras, Jedi are seen doing different things. Like in the High Republic era, they're more explorers. Yeah, they're more, yeah, that's a good way to put it. And you know, they're exploring they're, new places. Yeah, and it's kind gather- of like yeah. Star Trekky. Yeah, rather Explorers than a little bit gatherers in a way. Right? Yeah, and and now in the the era of the Republic. Mm-hmm. They're all of a sudden, I don't know, they're just too engulfed, in my opinion, mm-hmm. to, you know, the, in, in, in the government. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like the generals already, even before, mm-hmm. and they like steer the, the Republic the way they want the Republic to go and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting to me is why were the Jedi in charge? If you have an answer, let me know. Yeah, and I can maybe, I don't know, because I've been pondering it since you asked that question. I feel like it's good for at least, you know, obviously when you have like a council of some kind, it's good to have um, equal say if you want, if you like, or equal voice, I should say, yeah. more than equal say. It's good to have equal voice. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that with that equal voice that only one party takes rule, I guess you could say. Um, but I kind of noticed that myself, especially within the prequels. Oh, especially within this this film, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh, that's something I, I've kind of thought about because if you 
compare it throughout the entire Skywalker saga, it's not the same throughout the entire thing. Yeah. But um, because, I mean, I, I feel like with the Jedi being in charge um, is kind of partial, partially, correct me if I'm wrong, fans, what led Anakin to where it led him to. But yeah, because um, um, that brought power that um, and uh, greed. No, that's maybe not the right word, but I guess lust for power. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, desire to be above. Mm-hmm. Um, and pride. Yeah, pride. Yeah, there you go, pride. It brought pride to the Jedi. And mm-hmm. so I feel like, I know this is kind of, this kind of answer your question, not really though, but I think that it, I think just some Jedi just wanted, were power hungry and just wanted to control. I mean, yeah. But. In the High Republic, it was all about getting, gaining knowledge. Yeah. And knowledge and power are so closely related. Yeah. Combine those two and that, you know, maybe when we switch to the, the Republic, mm-hmm. that that search for knowledge turned into a search for power. Mm-hmm. Maybe they put themselves in that high position because they were Jedi. Yeah, and I mean I mean for jet for the Jedi, I guess the Jedi way you, you can only move forward. And so right. I guess that was their way of thinking they could move forward. Yeah. Which, so hopefully it kind of answers your question a little I bit. I think so. Yeah, but. I mean, as much as we can probably, but. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. Um, so obviously we talked about Obi-Wan and, and catching up with Kamino and things like that. But let's talk about Jango Fett. Yes. Jango Fett is a super cool guy probably one of my favorite characters in the prequels i wish he was yeah i wish he would have been around a little longer i wish we would have seen him more yeah (laughs) he had to head out oh dude (laughs) pretty early on oh my gosh that's so (laughs) i mean you're not wrong No, but yeah, so he he unfortunately met his early demise, um, and which you know fueled Boba to go and do his own thing, and we actually see what Boba Fett does in the Clone Wars, the Clone Wars um, series a little bit, how he grows up and who he grows up with, and the kind of people he was around. Um, but yeah, so um, we see Boba Fett. We see Django Fett, um, Boba Fett as a child, I mean. Yeah. Um, and we see Slave One or yeah. Fire Spray. Fire Spray. Um, I'm probably going to refer to it as Slave One or Fire Spray, like quote unquote, quote, fate, uh, Slave One or Fire Spray. Yeah. I'm going to say or because I think, I don't know if it's an official name change yet. Yeah, I don't know either. So I'm just going to say both. Yeah, sounds good to me. Um, but yeah, the best part of Slave One or Fire Spray mm-hmm. is what, Harry? Well, I don't know. What, 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 like, what are your thoughts? Because I want to, I want to hear what your thoughts are. Because I, I can't read your mind. <laughs> Two words. Uh huh. Seismic charge. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> So yeah, the the seismic charge. Uh huh. You know, okay. The, yeah. Yeah. The most nostalgic sound in Star Wars. That is very fair. 
I mean, you watch this. I mean, what what year did what what year did this come out? I want to say it was two thousand one or two thousand one. Yeah, one of those two. Let's see. Um, I'm looking it up. Two thousand two. Because I remember I was in first grade uh, when uh, it came out. Yeah, two thousand two. Yeah, I, I was in. Now you guys know how old I am. <laughs> That's fine. But but yeah, like you watched that. You said a first grader. Yeah. So I that means I was a. Kindergarten. kindergarten. Yeah. Um, you watch this as a first grader or kindergarten. Uh huh. And you're like, oh, that's so cool. Oh, yeah. True. You know, just like you think of a kindergarten kid. Yeah. Or, you know, a first grader and think of how like mesmerized they would be by Star Wars. Uh huh. Um, you know, add 20 years to that mm-hmm. and then put it in The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Like, come on oh right? yeah it's it, dude it is awesome that is just too that's that's easy money for disney oh absolutely <laughs> i think that's why they brought boba fett back i would le- to be honest yes i i agree with you just yeah. so they could do a seismic charge scene oh yeah dude for real and i mean we've got book of boba fett coming in you know it'll be here in three months yeah and so <laughs> If there's not a seismic charge in that, I will be shocked. I will be, yeah, I will be very disappointed. But I can almost guarantee. Oh yeah, like I would bet money on the fact that yeah. Oh yeah, there's gonna be. No, you said nostalgia right there, and no, that's so true. That's a perfect word to describe that. Yeah. I don't know, because I mean, you know, I've been Star Wars. You know, we've loved Star Wars since you can remember anything. At least kindergarten, right? Yeah. And so, but yeah, seismic charge, super cool. Yeah, and and I just want to touch on that a little bit. In first grade, how much did you know about the original trilogy? So, I watched, I watched the, like the whole trilogy when I was in kindergarten. So I and like, but my memory of it then is definitely not as good as it is now. So it's kind of hard for me to track back. But like, I had decent knowledge. Um, to be honest, out of the four movies, I had the best knowledge of it was Phantom Menace, probably actually, just because it came out a couple years before, um, and I loved Qui Gon Jinn, mm-hmm. and I loved Darth Maul. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so, but like, like, I think this goes. I think we were talking about it in the Phantom Menace episode. Yeah. Where each, and we even talked about it this this episode, each um, trilogy has its own personality. Yeah. Um, George Lucas was trying to get a new generation. Yeah. To like Star Wars. Yeah. With um, with the Phantom Menace. It was, yeah. And the prequels. And so that whole way he built the movie was for kids yeah. rather than for adults. Yeah. I agree with you there, Derek to pull kids into star Wars, uh, the current kids of the generation. Right. Because yeah. no, no first grader or no kindergartner, you know, maybe, maybe some here and there. And obviously it sounds like you watched them, mm-hmm. but not a lot of kids were going to watch through a movie made in the seventies. Uh, uh-uh, no. And like, that was the big thing as well. Derek Cause like, I remember watching the, the original trilogy and I enjoyed it, but I, I think just because Phantom Menace, what came out, 
you know, you know quite a few years later, um, the um, effects and angles of camera-like uh, were obviously enhanced at the time. So it drew more attention because something newer is going to gra- grab a kid's attention than something older. Exactly. And so when I was a kid, um, I had, uh, oh my gosh, um, I don't remember whose gun it was in The Phantom Menace, but I had that as a kid. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I want to say it was Padme's gun. Yeah, yeah, a little one that looked really thin in the barrel. Uh huh. I had one of those ones um, when I was a kid, and that's Phantom Menace. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what do you call it? Uh, prop. I guess. Toy. Yeah, yeah, toy. Yeah. Um, and so I, I really loved that. And then um, something else. Um, I mean, I really wanted. It. I remember I was at Target uh, when I was like six, and there was a Darth Maul lightsaber. Um, it didn't make any noise, but it was just one of those plastic ones. And I was like, that oh, flipped out. Yeah. You? Oh my gosh. I was like, I want that so bad. Well, who did it? I know. Especially, you know, as a five, six year old kid. And I was like, oh, maybe some other time. And that some other time never happened. I'm sure there were plenty <laughs> of adults that wanted that too. Oh, absolutely. But no, you're absolutely right, Derek. Generation um, that I was attracted to for the prequels is definitely the younger generation. Because like, I remember when, especially when Revenge of the Sith came out. Uh, I was, I was ten years old mm-hmm. when that came out, and all my all the boys, especially my class, that's all we talked about at the end of the school year because it came out like before summer got out. I remember finding sticks that were just the right size of lightsaber hilts. Uh huh. Either like on my way home from the bus stop or to the bus stop mm-hmm. that we would take and pretend like they were lightsabers. Oh, yeah, absolutely, dude. And like, yeah. So basically what I'm trying to get at is the prequels to me were Star Wars. That's what Star Wars is. That's what Star Wars was. That's what Star Wars will be is the prequels. Mm -hmm. The original trilogy, just because of when I was growing, where I was, where I was in my life and how I was growing up. That was a different Star Wars. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it was it was completely different. But now that I'm grown up and I've matured a little bit, you know, both are Star Wars. All all of Star Wars is Star Wars. Everything that I've seen, yeah, I'm with you there, Derek. Um, it's 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 so it's so interesting because um, I actually had this talk with a coworker the other day. Um, I mean, the other day it was like last week, um, just about all the Star Wars films um, and. It also depends on when you start getting into it, I guess. Kind of helps, too. Yeah. Because there's someone there that's older than me, but he loves um, the sequels. Yeah. Seven, eight, nine. A lot. Interesting. Because he he says his favorite, I think he says his favorite film is either Force Awakens or Last Jedi. I mean, Force Awakens is a great movie. Mm -hmm. I think that Force Awakens, it started out strong. Oh, yeah. And then I don't necessarily think that it was ruined or anything like a lot of people say. But what I think is, is that it, like the, what am I trying to say? The execution of ideas, the execution of um, a plan for the trilogy in general was lacking. Yeah, um, we'll talk about but yeah. At least for for what I have to say about, it, we'll talk about that more when we talk about those three movies. But 
No, yeah. you're absolutely right, dude. Um, but no, I'm with you, dude. The prequels are what I basically grew up on, and also this, also the um, the original trilogy. But yeah, um, my love for Star Wars did especially come from Phantom Menace. But and Attack of the Clones aided in that too. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, the clones, they just look super cool. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, what kid isn't going to be like, holy cow, that guy looks so cool. <laughs> you know, dude. Yeah, it's um, – I can't remember if I mentioned this in our podcast or just you and me talking, but this movie really did – I mean, without this movie, you get, you forget the fundamental basis of the rest of Star Wars, I feel. Yeah. On why there is Star Wars. Yeah. Because um, – I mean, Phantom Menace was definitely necessary to give a great intro. If you're watching it from one through nine, not four, five, six, one, two, three, you know. Yeah. Um. So, the creation of clones, basically, and what they are for, I mean, it's it's what it's partially why this movie was made. Yeah. And I, I like that part of it. Um. Um. I like when things, especially because I did see the um. The original trilogy beforehand i was like ah okay this makes sense why this is made i don't know why george lucas decided i still i don't maybe you can ask this for me derek i don't know why george lucas decided to have you know the original trilogy and then later on make the prequels i don't know if you have an answer for that or if it's somewhere out there in the world i never decided to look it up uh i'm not sure why um but originally like the story that he created was the the story. I mean, the original story of Star Wars was A New Hope. Yeah. I mean, even in the early production of um, Return, or sorry, Empire Strikes Back, Anakin Skywalker's Force Ghost was going to appear to Luke. Yeah. And talk to him and help him fight Darth Vader. Darth Vader originally was going to be just a bad guy. Yeah. And um, I think it was... I th- I'm pretty sure it was early on that they decided, no, Darth Vader's going to be the dad. Mm-hmm. But like, I think the reason why the prequels were made after the fact is that George Lucas just didn't have the ideas yet okay and that's that was my kind of guessing too just my thoughts but i don't know if you had any different thoughts on that so but in my opinion i wouldn't have had it any other way i think it's perfect how it was you know how how it all happened yeah um but and i've talked to i talked to a donor at or sorry someone that i see at work very often Mm -hmm. and um we were talking about star wars and um he, I mean, he he was born in 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 the early seventies, so he 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 was alive when A New Hope came out, mm-hmm. and he said that that's the best way they've done it. And he he is one that likes every single Star Wars movie. Like, um, I think he said his favorite one was actually Rise of Skywalker, and then Revenge of the Sith, and then Return of the Jedi. So yeah. like, I'm like anyway, so. That's just, I don't know, that just got me thinking a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, it, and that's what also makes Star Wars very unique. There's not many, like, um, move, like um, movie series franchises that 
did it the way Star Wars did. Definitely. And so, can you imagine if Harry Potter started in year four, and then <laughs> went to, and then five, six, seven, and then one, two, and three? No. Or imagine if, I mean, well, I guess it's kind of doing that with Marvel. With no, with Harry Potter, like because we've got Fantastic Beasts. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, kind of a different saga, though. Yeah, but it's not like yeah. Yeah. It's, it's completely different. It's just, you know, the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Uh-huh. Um, and they're not super connected in any way. Obviously, there's Dumbledore and both, but. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's a little bit there. Yeah. The whole start with, start in the middle and then. Mm-hmm. Even though I feel like, because even though each movie is their own story, each trilogy is their own story, too. So, right. but, but yeah. anyway, sorry, um, probably a little off talk Topic yeah, we got, we got a tangent there, but it's fine. Yeah. That's well, what a podcast is for. Right? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Um, after, you know, it culminates in the Battle of Geonosis. And that battle is insane. Yes, it is. Um, there's So, after they shoot down the first starship um, and it kicks up all that dust. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes in the whole entire movie is when the clones are just firing into the dust. Uh-huh. And there's, there's blaster bolts going everywhere, and it's just like, holy cow! Like it, this is a war. It, it gives you. A, a, I, you correct me if I'm wrong, Derek. It gives me a little bit of an adrenaline rush. I guess yeah. you could say it's like, ooh, it's like, ooh, yeah. Let's it gives get you a, going. A, yeah, it gives you a rush. It's like, Here we go. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so I was, that's one of my favorite scenes is just, you know, that battle. I do um, too. Thousands and thousands of clones were lost and hundreds of Jedi were lost. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's unfortunate. Yeah, that's a li- literal attack right there. You know, that's unfortunately what happens in war. Mm-hmm. You know, soldiers are lost. Um, which goes back to should the Jedi even have been soldiers? It's a good question, but, uh, you know, whatever. Yep, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the Battle of Geonosis happened. Obviously, the clone, the Republic forces won that battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, yeah. And then um, I did want to talk about, kind of just in closing, um, it actually happened earlier in the movie, um, but... And Harry, I talked to you about this before we started recording. Okay, yeah. Um, Mace Windu goes to Yoda and says, I think it's time that we tell the Senate that our ability to use the Force has diminished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like that, like, when Mace Windu said that, it really, it struck a chord with me too. Yeah. Like... You're like, wait, what? Their ability to do what they're supposed to do can be gone. Yeah. Because the force, it's not the only thing you need, but it's the central focus on why Jedi are Jedi, I feel. Right. Because it's not just the act to move things, mm-hmm. but it's what keeps things going. Right. You know? With, You're and, like the oracle of the, of the uh, Senate. Of the Senate. Yeah, exactly. So it's when when he when rewatching it when when Mace Windu did say that it just got to my attention that if I were to watch it for the first time and not watch any Star Wars 
it could have been a, a somewhat of a prediction of what would have happened to, um, to certain people, certain Jedi. Um, but obviously, so I've seen all of them I'm like, oh yeah, this is partially why Anakin. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, turned. you just go, it just goes to show the power that Sidious had, the power that Palpatine had to cloud the entire Jedi Council. Yeah. I mean, it was his plan from the beginning, yeah. ob- obviously, but, um, uh, and of course, most people were blind to it, mm-hmm. um, which makes it even more powerful. Yeah. And so I think that, um, that line, that, that quote from Mace Windu, um, is definitely one of the key role, key parts of that movie. Yeah. Um, and it's highly overlooked. Oh yeah. I mean, it wasn't until, you know, I watched it and then we talked about it. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, <laughs> wow. You know, um, I mean, cause when, when something like that, when, when the darks, when, you know, darkness overtur you know, overtakes even slightly, um, things can go the way that you don't want them to go. This can be related to anything and not just within Star Wars, of course. And so, um, but, uh, I mean, for example, I mean, obviously at the very end of the movie, uh, Anakin Padme get married mm-hmm. and what can what Jedi, what can't Jedi do form attachments and get married, Yeah, form attachments and get married. And, um, honest, or obviously, I mean, Anakin let that take over himself rather than doing what he was, as Qui-Gon said, and Phantom Menace, what he was destined to do and chosen, the chosen vessel to be, you know, the chosen one basically to right. bring balance to the Force. And with that, I just wanted to note something. Um, and I said when we were doing that quiz um, that I was going to talk about this in the podcast, but... Um, Captain, sorry, um, what is his name? Admiral Piet, when he was um, promoted, um, Darth Vader used Forge Choke from a long distance to kill the Admiral. Mm -hmm. This is just a fan theory, but a lot of people think that Palpatine killed Shmi Skywalker and made sure that, that she died in Anakin's arms to create the start of, of Darth Darth Vader Vader, basically. Interesting theory. There's with, you know, in addition to that theory, there's another theory that like, um, Padme dies the same time Darth Vader is born. Is born basically. Yeah. Um, that one. I mean, that one definitely could make sense. There's a theory that um, Darth Sidious was transferring Padme's life to Anakin. Ah. Uh, and in doing so, saving Anakin but also creating a way for Anakin to stay in the dark side of the force. Yeah. I, I mean, I could see that. I mean, so, that's yeah. why, because if I remember correctly in revenge of the Sith, when, cause one of the first things that 
Uh, the Darth Vader asks Padme, all right. Uh, basically, if I remember correctly, Palpatine does say some long lines of... Uh, you, you, you killed her in her anger. Yeah, you killed her in her anger. And I was at Anakin. I was Anakin, though, right. not Darth Vader. Yeah. And so that would make sense. But, yeah. Wow. Interesting theory, Derek. I like that. Yeah. And, you know, like... With going along with that, the reason why this person had said that they don't believe that Padme died of a broken heart. Mm, ah, ah, okay. So that's that's where it all stemmed from. Okay. Um, the reason why is because her last words to Obi Wan was, "They're still good in him." They're still good in him. So why would her heart be broken if she still was optimistic of the good in Anakin? Right. So it makes sense that Palpatine drained life from her. Mm-hmm. And we already know that the force can be used over larger distances. Exactly. So is it possible? I'm not saying this is what happened. Yeah, I'm it's, saying this is Star Wars doctrine. Spec- not but, speculation, but theory. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You have a right to say that, of course. And get your mind thinking a little bit of all different channels that it can go through and possibilities. But... Yeah, no, that's a good, that I like that. Let us know what you guys think as well. Yeah, we want to hear you guys' theories. Um, not just from that part of Star Wars, but any of the theories that you guys find that you think would be interesting to share. We would love to hear you guys' thoughts. Yeah, definitely. We we like to come up with all of the content that we put out, but um, it's also really, really, really nice when you guys can help us. So, um, if you'd like a shout out. Um, or anything like that, make sure to, you know, go onto our website at bestcarbrothers.com and fill out the survey available to let us know what you like, what you didn't, and what you want to hear more of. Yeah, because we are, like we said, we are open for what we're doing, especially now that Bad Bat Season 1 is complete. We've got a couple of things we're going to talk about for the next few weeks. Um, visions. Visions. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, oh yeah, we mentioned it already, uh, that it, all, all episodes are out now, but um, I've been a fan so far yeah. of it. So um, that's probably what we're going to end up discussing a little bit next week. Yes. Yeah. I, our next I definitely think that we've a little bit overdone it on the the Star Wars today. <laughs> so I think we're going to wait until next week to start Visions. But we're going to do the first, let's do the first four episodes. Yeah. And then the last five. Yeah. Because I've only watched episodes one, two, three, and four. Okay. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so um, make sure you guys are caught up on that if you want to follow along with us. Um, they're very, they're very short too. Yeah, like they're fifteen minutes 15, average. Fifteen twenty minutes usually is is you know. Um, I'm going to be honest. I I've said this before. I'm not a huge fan of anime. <laughs> um, this is difficult for me to watch in some aspects. Just like, on the anime aspect, not the whole yeah, yeah. story aspect. Yeah, I bet, and so right. I just need to, I just need to suck it up and watch anime. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, but as far as this podcast goes, I think we're just about to wrap it up. Yeah, just to give our ratings of yeah. Of, so we need to give our ratings. Uh huh. Um, I'll go first. Okay, go for it. I'm gonna give this an eight. Okay. I really liked it. Um, it's not quite to a nine, um, but. I don't know. If I could, I'd give them all a 10. You just love Star Wars that much, and I do too, so it's... It's just... 
they're just so good. Like, mm-hmm. like I said in the beginning, because I'm watching it with this new lens, it's just like, oh, that's why that happened. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, Masamit is a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) And things like that. So, you know, it's, I don't know. I'm going to give it an eight for how amazing it is, but really it should be a 10. Cool. Cool. What about you? I'm going to give this a seven. Yeah. Um, Beforehand, it was lower. I'm being a hundred percent honest. If you love this movie, I'm sorry that I gave it a lower rating before, but I give it a seven now. I probably gave it a five before. Um, for two me- two main reasons. Um, number one, I loved the character development. Uh, I guess you call it development. Um, I guess it's just the character shown of, of Anakin, even though some of it was poorly written. Yeah. Um, it was interesting to see who he became. It does foreshadow, of course, Revenge of the Sith. I think it's a good stepping point from from kid Anakin to adult Anakin. Yeah, exactly. Jedi Knight Anakin. Exactly. So that's one reason that it was enjoyable to watch that part. And then it was enjoyable to have a better understanding of uh, go- the governmental side of Star Wars. It was just interesting to me for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, it was cool to better understand the roles of of who people are in the movie. Yeah. A lot of role building, mm-hmm. a lot of character building, a lot of world building. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then I guess the third part for, for me, I mean, I despise the chancellor so much made me hate him even more, but it also like he does a dang good job playing the chancellor. Oh yeah. Holy cow. Like, um, shoot. His name just lost my mind. Sheev. Yeah. <laughs> oh you're talking about yeah, the, the actor, actor yeah <laughs> um oh oh my gosh Fo- um, folks i'm so sorry um it's it's leaving my brain but anyway it, it was it was it was just it's just so interesting um to see um palpatine's character like he really is okay in my definition he is a definition of, of, of pure evil oh yeah um because my mind pure evil isn't just you know in your face you know you're bad all the time but you appear to have some goodness in you but your full on purpose is to defeat <gasps> Ian McDermott that's right okay <laughs> yeah, Ian McDermott oh my gosh this is the name um, props Ian McDermott I like in my personal opinion out of all the movies that um, he does acting well and this is definitely up there for him um, because I feel like he did an excellent job in this one, and I honestly feel like he did an excellent job in Revenge of the Sith. Like, yeah, um, that might be my like title close might be my number two uh, favorite with Ian McDermott's role as Palpatine, just seeing the character and 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 Palpatine. Yeah, I, like I said, I hate Palpatine so bad, but you gotta have a good actor to play a bad guy, right? And uh, Ian McDermott does does that to a T. So that's why my a little bit, that's why my rating went from a five to a seven after rewatching it again, just because he does a great job. He's so yeah. deceiving. Yeah, but maybe not the best reason why it went up for me. But that <laughs> you know that's just me. But so yeah, I give it a seven. Cool. Well, um, that concludes our episode for this week. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for listening. If you've listened all the way through, we really really appreciate it. 
make sure to like our Instagram and TikTok pages or follow our Instagram and TikTok pages. Yeah. Um, I, I try to post at least um, once every other few days. Um, but yeah, so make sure to check that out if you haven't already. And we will see you next week when we talk about Star Wars Visions. Yep. And may the force be with you. Every day of your life. Always. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Beskar Brothers podcast. Your home for Star Wars news and more. Until next week, may the force be with you.